I am unashamed. What about you? So uh, <laughs> I'm preparing on my, I'm preaching Sunday. And um, we're still in Second Corinthians, which was a couple of books ago for, for our unashamed audience. But I'm having to go back and relook at some of that. So I'm, I'm in Second Corinthians 10, Jason. It's, I've entitled the sermon, The Boast with the Most. Because, you know, it's the, that's where Paul said, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. You know, he quotes from Jeremiah. And it's a really interesting chapter because he's really having to defend himself because of these quote-unquote super apostles, whoever he was dealing with there in Corinth. But I thought it was interesting because he uses a lot of sarcasm in the chapter. And, you you know, you don't see a lot of sarcasm in the Bible. And it's actually refreshing to me, Zach, because um, I love sarcasm. I I mean, sarcastic comedians are funny to me. Seinfeld, a lot of other ones. So I I really like that style. And Paul kind of does that. And so I was, I was, going to tell my joke jace that I, so i told a joke it was it was my opening you know how you you kind of have a cold open you want us to critique that yeah i want you to tell me well, if, i thought because i thought it was funny they call it an icebreaker yeah it's an icebreaker cold open it so i'm going to speak at this environmental thing that i mentioned to y'all before that i spoke on and so you know and i'm always kind of on the lookout well, when i get to the airport in dc i'm two hours from speaking so i mean this is one of them just flying get a ride to the event, go to the green room, go do your thing, and then out of here. It was one of those kind of situations. When I get to the airport, Lisa and I are walking through Reagan Airport, and I and I about ran into this huge man, and I kind of stepped aside, and I looked, and it was a one of five, I guess they were bodyguards, beefy big men surrounding one Dr. Anthony Fauci. So I'm literally within feet from Fauci. So as I'm driving over to the event, I mean, that happened. And I thought, well, that's, that's my open right oh, there. He's, he's evidently a big deal. He's a big deal. He's got five. So when I get, so I, so I formulate my little open and I get up. And so this is, a, I've mentioned to you guys before, this was a, they were environmental crowd, but they're conservatives. They're all young. Everybody in the room is under 30. I thought, well, this is going to be good. I'm going to make a little dig at Fauci. So I get up there and I said, uh, you know, I just got here to DC. I'm so glad to be you know, up here speaking to you guys, appreciate y'all having me. And you're never going to guess who I literally almost physically ran into at the Reagan airport just an hour and a half ago, Anthony Fauci. And I said, I made, and I made three observations about it. Was there any, uh, when you said Fauci, did they? Nobody said nothing. It was just, okay. Crickets. Crickets. Now, just to give you the setting, the lights are super bright because they were filming this. And so I couldn't see my audience. At this point, the ice... Has not begun. Ice has not begun. Break. It's still There's it's no still solid. It's in the ice. So here here was what I said. I said I said <clears throat> I made three observations about Anthony Fauci because I've never seen the man in person before. One is he's very short. I mean he's like he's not even five foot tall. I never realized that on television, but he's a little bitty man. He's very small. The second observation I made is that he had five bodyguards around him. Or, or something, the big beefy men that were walking if along. You're in charge of the health. If you're the health care <laughs> czar, 
Why would you need five bodyguards? Well, I, just, I mean, he's basically a bureaucrat, right? For 40 years, he's just... But anyway. I don't know. He had I, five bodyguards. So it was that. an interesting observation. You're not, you're not making fun of him. You're just... So I was just making an observation. So the, and then I said, and the third thing I noticed was that he was wearing a mask. Because you would always wonder. Because you, you don't have to wear them now. But he was wearing yeah. one. Okay. And, I, and here, was my, here was my attempt to break the ice. All right. I said, which I fully support. Anthony Fauci wearing a mask because I'm against the spread of BS. <laughs> I, <laughs> See that guy? I, I mean, that's that's pretty funny. I thought that was funny. I probably wouldn't have was done it crickets that. Or did it... Crickets. Probably, not even wow. a not even a help chortle. Was this a church setting? No. So it's just oh. a, it was an environmental. Probably wouldn't have done and, and that. They couldn't one. even grant it. Well, I mean, it just it it shocked me because I expected someone to chuckle. I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, but I think you used mm. a, you used an analogy that's technically a crude word. Yeah, but it, they would trust me. This group wouldn't have been bothered by that. That's why I used it. I wouldn't have said that in church. But but to yeah. this group, the, 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 think, the problem was was delivery. It had it had to be yeah. delivery. Well, I guess you're right. But I but, but I dad am, but I'm reminded. I mean, yeah, but dad laughing means, <laughs> means very little in society. I'm thinking they were too young. They just didn't get it. I don't somebody, know. What you say, somebody said somebody said this, and I, I I want to say it was Margaret Thatcher. I can't remember. I told Jace in uh, after the last podcast that or, or uh, last week. It's that poor minds discuss people, average minds discuss events, and great minds discuss ideas. So maybe that was it. Maybe maybe you got to move. We got to move towards the ideas. Well, I agree with that statement. I think that say that again because let me let my mind. So poor minds discuss people. Mm-hmm. Average minds discuss events, and great minds discuss ideas. I, who did say that? I need to. I need to look. That so what up. you're saying is I have a poor mind. Yeah, you picked on the the person, not the ideas. Well, it is interesting that I, and again, that was just a cold open idea that didn't. All I have to say is, did not break the. As it turns out, okay, the bodyguards could save you from this and that and the other, but when it comes to the COVID uh, thing, the mask didn't help him. No, it didn't work. Well, well, it did work. Eleanor to, to, Ro- it was Eleanor Roosevelt. Sorry. Oh, Eleanor no wonder Roosevelt. that's a terrible perfect, quote. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. The perfect segue because Jesus, I mean, God chose to introduce himself not through an idea, but through a person. It's true. So, well, and if to, you're going to be a person to introduce or change the world, You'd have to be a perfect person, which is going to get into the qualities of Jesus. Yeah, which is what we're. If talking. you went with a person, and they were perfect and indestructible, that would throw a wrench in your uh, your sayings act. So to to my, point, I didn't I didn't say it. No, Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, the ideas of a perfect, yeah. indestructible person. But to Eleanor Roosevelt's credit, what what I did learn when I got nothing back was I thought, okay. 
This is not going to be a jokey crowd. So I just pivoted. No, I think it was the joke. I pivoted yeah. right into the, my ideas about I think conservation. The joke was a little too low brow. I guess you're right. I mean, I didn't know why they didn't. I laugh. wouldn't have I said that funny. in any audience. I wouldn't have used that for not. No. So you got no, nothing. I would, Did I would, you get I, I don't even come close to what he said. Yeah, I didn't get a chortle. I probably would have said that was. By the not, way, for those of you that don't be offended by BS, that means bullshit. Yeah. which is the word our granny used. <laughs> That's a granny so would say, it, right? It could, granny would say bullshit. Yeah, it could be used by anything. But you, you, we, we didn't compare notes here. But. So my point was, my point was about sarcasm. This is how it ties into my lesson, Sunday, because I think I'm going to tell it on why it didn't work. But I won't use that phrase. But yeah. that sarc, because I was being sarcastic, right? That, that didn't land with this particular group, and it may be deliveries. That may be right. But I, but. Paul's point in his in Second Corinthians ten, and, and I came across something I wanted to share with y'all because I'm not going to use this Sunday, but in my research for the lesson, I came across something I thought was really good from Chuck Swindoll in his commentary from Second Corinthians ten. It was about facing criticism, and it was just his because that's you know that's what Paul was facing all this immense criticism in Second Corinthians. But I thought about because we we get a lot of criticism right because we're out there we talk a lot. Jace found out when he. Oh, one tweet, right? And you get all these people. So he had three thoughts that I thought were good. I just wanted to share them because I won't preach this, but I thought I was going to share it with our audience. One, when you're facing criticism, no one is immune to criticism. That was his first thing. In other words, and the more you're engaged, the more you're going to be criticized. Yep. And no one's immune to it. You know, even popular people, whatever. His second point was that criticism can be taken too lightly or too seriously. He said, we need a balanced approach, meaning that sometimes criticism is critique is good because you, you want to grow from it. You do, but then sometimes when it's too much over the top, you know, you want to be able to let that go. And he quoted Proverbs 27, six wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses, which I thought was an interesting thing. In other words, there are people in your life. You should always have people around you that will tell you the truth, even sometimes when you don't want to hear it. So it's it's constructive. Well, call me, I'll tell you the truth. I know you will, and I, I'm glad I have you in my life for that reason. But he also <laughs> said, as part of that, don't dwell uh, on excessive criticism or praise, which has been my philosophy of ministry since about year 10. I figured out that I was never as good as some people said I was, but I wasn't near as bad as other people thought I was. And well, so, I, yeah, we all yeah, make good. mistakes also. And something, I mean, look, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know, we're going to get things wrong and say stupid things, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, if you would have no, told me mistakes. you were going to do that joke I, before, I'd have said, no, <laughs> don't do it, Al. <laughs> I would have said, don't do that. And you'd have said, oh. Don't do sometimes it. Sometimes they so land. Here's sometimes. my scriptural basis. Wait, you, you, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I was going to say, I, when you just said that out, it reminded me of uh, one of the first times that I um, got to teach at, at White Street Road, the church you guys go to. And um, and I, and I, it was, I mean, it was one of those ones that it, it landed very well, unlike your joke. And uh, <laughs> and Mac Owen came up to me afterwards because they clapped at the end of the sermon. And I'm up there thinking, well, boy, I've got I this just figured this out. out of Mac the park. comes up. Oh, it was awesome. And, and Mac was like, you know, how the, if you do a good sermon, you always have like like three or four people, five, six people, whatever, wait, waiting in line to talk to you to give yep. you feedback or whatever. Right. And, 
And so Mac was in there. He was in that line, and I was, and I thought there's one of my mentors is in the line to tell me what a great job I did. I was excited about that. And then when he got up there, he said, "Hey, remember when you preach a, a sermon like that?" He said, "Don't wait around for the applause. Leave." <laughs> It was oh. kind of like a re- it was like a rebuke. Like, oh, I was like, fixed to say okay. that myself. You know, when we used to go around and preach at these little churches, yeah. and they would say, because they they tell you, like, do you know? Here's how we do things: do this, do that. You're in charge of the invitations. You know, yeah. I always said the same thing. I said, when the last time somebody responded around here? Oh, probably four or five years ago. Uh, <laughs> but then they would say, you know, at the end, you get back here and greet everybody as they leave. I said. No, I'm not doing that. Once I finish, I'm out of here. And he said, well, you don't want to hear what they have to say about your sermon? I said, no. Nope. It's not <laughs> me who's doing the speaking. Want, yeah. In fact, you I'm, do. You even handled the stuff that happens. So so it's no one's immune to criticism. Criticism needs to be balanced. In other words, not too light, but not too serious. And by the way, he made a point under there I thought was interesting. He said, you can accept anonymous gratitude. Somebody sends you a note, tells you something really great, but doesn't sign their name. He said, accept that because they really mean it because they're not trying to butter you up. But don't accept anonymous criticism because if they don't put their name on it, then what, what, what difference does it make? There's a little text kind of squeezed in there, and it says, if it's possible, try to live at peace with all men as far as it depends on you. Right. That's... That's the code that I sort of keep reminding myself. I just don't do. I, I'm not. You into, can tell yeah, it's pretty difficult. Or so he wasn't I'm, said I'm, if I'm it's not, possible. I'm not into gauging response. So the weather, and here's the third, the yeah, third, I'm, point, I'm the third and final that. point. Some criticism needs to be answered, but most does not. And I thought that was another wise well, thought. I'm bowing, I'm bowing back on this. I think you should ask people who would tell you the truth. So if I if I give a lesson, because I I really you know I'm a homer. I feel like if you you put the time in and your heart is right, you know, and you have the Holy Spirit, I, I just think that's the way God speaks. And so right. I would you know if I want to know, I'll ask my wife because she'll tell me. I'll be like, "What do you think about that?" And she's like, "Just that was a complete goose egg." <laughs> Yeah. So I'm so, like, so, so okay. You said, what'd you think? And she goes, yeah, she gives a thumbs down. But okay, to me, that's not pushback. That's exactly what he said to do. He said, have people in your life that will do that. I think he's talking about the broad sense that people want to be popular, and therefore they don't like to be criticized, and it bothers them. But he's like, you gotta expect it. Oh yeah, I don't mind it. But yeah. I, I'm my point is, I, I keep thinking about social media while you're talking about all this. I mean, right. it's like I do, you know, I've just did this new show. You're like, how much of the criticism or uh, praise have you read on that? Zero, because in my opinion, and I encourage one of our cast members is new to this, and so he called me one night and was like. Hey, there was a guy that uh, sent me a message, and I said, on your phone or on social media? And he said, social media? I said, okay, <laughs> let's let's stop. And okay, he let's started back getting up. Rule frust- number one. Yeah, he started getting frustrated because I wouldn't let him finish. And I said, oh, I don't care. There's going to be thousands of that. Right. And so we started, it began an argument. And he's like, well, I think you had a good point. I was like, no, let, let me, let's back up. If you want to know... What you think about the show, ask me, I'll tell you, or about anything you did, or or ask people that 
that you can trust. I was like, because once you go down that road, it will then subconsciously affect how you operate. I was like, you don't. It does. And there are many, many people, Jay. And we're doing this for a greater purpose, which we are. I had to remind him. This this is God uses these things in life. There's many people in this world that that determines everything about them is comments and well you know what's funny hang hang on Zach let's Let's take a break so I don't know if you've ever thought about this before this is a word from one of our sponsors better help but they had an interesting question they said how well would you take care of your car if you knew you had to keep the same one for your entire life (laughs) that's a interesting thought right you probably take a little bit better care of it so that they make a stab at it (laughs) they compare that to our brains because you know you only get one brain and so you want that to work as well as it possibly can to be healthy uh sometimes that's where a power nap comes in jay she talked about not having a lot of sleep here lately another way to do it uh from better help is online therapy uh and and i've been in therapy before i've also you know counseled other people so i realize how important that is especially to have that that health for your brain and the way you're thinking uh, BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's your choice. Uh, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So you can get the help you need quickly. So visit our show sponsor, BetterHelp, at betterhelp.com unashamed. You're going to get 10% off your first month of counseling. So it's a, it's a good uh, financial deal as well. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Unashamed. Well, I wanted to read this verse because while I was talking, but I mean, it's a verse we all know, but I do think it's important. I mean, when because they got Jesus wrong for the most part. They got John the Baptist wrong for the most part. Why? Because they were given these opinions. Now, if they had listened to them, what would have happened? I mean, and so he he addresses that in Matthew 11 and 16 when he said, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the flute for you and you didn't dance. You sang a dirge and you didn't mourn. What's his point? You're not responding how we feel you should be responding. That's right. And so he says, for John came neither eating nor drinking. And you say, well, he has a demon. Are they wrong? Yes. Yeah. They were wrong. Because they were given their opinion and their criticism based on what they saw, and they were completely wrong. Heart was heart was right all along. Son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, what was his point for saying all this? Wisdom is proved right by her actions. So when you have this war of words, and especially in the social media age, it's easy to type something and be completely wrong, you know, about the heart of the matter. But what I was going to say is you brought up this uh, Dr. Fauci or whatever, but I, in in doing a little research for this, because this, we're in Hebrews 7, and I think we did a fair job going through the historical aspect and the Jewish history part of the shadow that Jesus fulfilled. Right. And is his being our high priest is way better. So when he gets down to Hebrews 7, and which is where we left off from 15 and 16, when he said, we have a priest who has become a priest in verse 16, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, 
but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. It's the only time that word is used in the Bible, indestructible. So you say, well, what does that mean? How would you define that? Cannot be destroyed. He's eternal. No effect. Yeah. He's an eternal, uh, no matter what anybody says. He's eternal. Right. Yeah. He, this is the ultimate. Believe in him. Czar of health care. Believe in him. Good point. Believe in him <laughs> or die. But, yeah, you know, you so, make a good I point. Mean, <clears throat> I hadn't thought about because there's definitely with, with COVID in America. I mean, everybody was really scared at first. I mean, you know, know what's going to happen. And then. It just seemed like it kind of took its own course, but Fauci, in some people's mind, he was a high priest. Exactly, he that, was that, the that's guy. The, that's the point. Of yeah, it. I know, and I hadn't thought uh, about that, but well, you're right. When he gets down to verse, 20, he was almost a religious figure. Yeah, when he gets down to twenty five and says, uh, "There," because we know this is all about spiritual. But I'm making the point that he brought in the physical aspect of it because we're talking about ancestry and uh, genealogies right. and the burial and where's the body. and he, Well, he, he's indestructible. There's not going to be, there's no line if your line has no end right. as far as you physically being a presence and a being. And so, uh, you know, he, he's going to bring up this point in, in chapter 9 about a will and it doesn't, Right. Go into effect till the person dies. Well, Jesus died, but when you go to Acts two, you know something Peter said that I've always just been awed about. When it says it was impossible for his body to see decay, it was it was not possible. That's right. What a, what a statement! I mean, I'm like at that point in the sermon, I'm like, you sort of ask, well, was he dead or alive? <laughs> His body couldn't see. His body wouldn't decay. He said, well, from he, the agony of death, it was impossible for his body to see decay. Well, whoever that is, that's who we need to roll with. Right. And so, for fun, I did. I did this a couple of years ago on a podcast, and I had the top ten because I, you know, I went to the internet and and said things that are in, indestructible. And to my surprise, lists came up. <laughs> So I thought, well, this ought to be fun. Well, I revisited it, and the top Google search, they have 25 things. Now, I want to read this because, I mean, the caveat here is the title is 25 Most Indestructible Things Known to Man. Most indestructible. Well, here's the first sentence of this list, which is kind of a the icebreaker here. Is uh, hope it's better than my iceberg. Nope, it's actually worse. <laughs> well, good. Now, look, me and my poor mind can wrap around this. Thing. Here is the first sentence of this compilation of indestructible things known to man. Nothing is truly indestructible. <laughs> However, some things are definitely made better than the rest. <laughs> so we call this a. <laughs> <laughs> we they, thought it was indestructible, but no. So I would put, if I was going to criticize and be on the other side of this in the the comments, I would, because right above that says science. Uh, so. Oh, man. Uh, Just follow the science, Jay. I would Jay. type Hebrews 7.16 into the chat. 
so 20, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I just thought some of these were funny. And, and look, anybody who's followed uh, my thought process over the years realizes that I have a problem when the world uses godly principles to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. I mean, before we started this today, uh, the guy behind the wall here running all, pushing all the buttons, he said, hey, I know you're into this, but I stopped at the store and there was a bottle of cream at the checkout place for $2.99. And it said, timeless, what was the? Mail. Timeless, timeless uh, lotion. Timeless face. Timeless face. Cream. Paint? Yeah, face cream. Well, think about that. <laughs> you put this cream on your face. And time stands still. The aging <laughs> process stops. Well, are they not conveying what we're reading here in this manuscript over uh, a manuscript over over spiritual, your physical and spiritual and soul well-being? Jesus has become our high priest, the bridge between God and man. I thought you were going to say, "Let's let's take a break." So, Zach, you and I have uh, had a great need for one of our uh, great sponsors called ScoreMaster. And um, their basic thing is they help you get your credit score up. They, they have what they call a three-week rule, which is wait three weeks to buy a car, to refinance your home, or any major per- purchase, uh, because three weeks they can help boost your score an average of 61 points. And you've used this, right? I have as well. Yeah, it works. It's very easy because when you log in and you it, it'll tell you exactly what you have to do to increase your score and you can kind of play with it and and see if I can pay this bill off or pay this credit card or there's a lot of different things in there that, that you could do. Which is which is really great and what you do by when that happens. So when you make that purchase, especially now with inflation and interest rates going up, you want to do everything you can to keep those interest rates low. And that's the, the point behind this. So if you got that major purchase coming up, we really want you to check these guys out. Go to scoremaster.com slash Phil. They have a special seven-day trial that they have just for our listeners. So check them out, scoremaster.com slash Phil, and get that credit score up. I thought you were going to say there's one I say all the time on uh, commercials, ageless male. There's another one for you. Well, well, I was going to say this. All those commercials. Now, when do but they? It's, it's aimed at older men. But the... <laughs> but you brought up Seinfeld, and you know he does a joke about this because he says what happens is we're obsessed with having to be entertained, right? And so that's why you'll you'll a lot of people they'll stay up late at night and they can't even though they're as sleepy they can barely hold their eyes open they keep changing channels this is a Seinfeld bit speaking of icebreaker and he's like you find yourself in this in-between phase of life and death (laughs) because death is like asleep he he basically brings that out and he said that's when the advertisers realize that in that moment you will actually entertain the idea of buying anything (laughs) and he said that's why which is that's He's right. Like, That's why in Ageless my closet, male. he said, I have a knife that will cut through a shoe. It was made in Japan because in a moment of delirium, I thought, I need this zizitsu 
that will actually cut through a shoe? Because you need to cut through shoes so much. That's what he said. He's like, because I have that need so much in my life That's that I, I need to cut that. through a shoe. But I thought that was funny. But but they're they're selling you on this ageless, timeless, and everybody. You know, Oprah had her hope in the jar, and you know we have a store that Forever Twenty One. And what it do? Yep. It went bankrupt. <laughs> Guess they didn't want to be forever twenty. Wouldn't that be impossible if you? So I'm gonna give you a few of these, but you know, checking in at, at 25 is the indestructible children's books. They have a whole series, and you say, "What does that mean?" I'll read the caption: "Design with children in mind." These books are made out of a such a resilient paper-like <laughs> material. That they can't be ripped, torn, punctured, or chewed to an edible state. <laughs> and what's more, they're waterproof and non-toxic. Well, that's good. Can you burn them? What are you going to do? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. One of these on the list is a tungsten wedding ring. Yeah. Cannot be destroyed. Can't lose it. Yep. Make it so, slip off. So checking in at 24, since this is the uh, game all around the world now, I guess, is football. It's spelled F-U-T. Yeah, football. So they made a ball that cannot be deflated or punctured. Multiple punctures. You can stab it, and yeah. the air won't come out of it. Hmm. So it made the indestructible. Indestructible. Yeah. So there's a tire you know, where basically they took the technology that they're using for this ball. But I, I just guarantee you, you know what What I thought was I would love for my job to be, because I would always win, <laughs> is to go around and debunk all these myths. <laughs> I'm like a indestructible destroyer. You would just destroy all things indestructible. Yeah, any, any product that people deem as indestructible, <laughs> I think it'd be a... Can you destroy? I think it would be a great... Because the last destroy. time I did this a couple of years ago, you know, we got emails about this. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm telling you, you're saying that that house, because there was a house that they built on a beach, and it cost like, I don't know what. If you but made... They, they, a, they made it hurricane-proof. If you made a tablet, one little tablet, and you told people, this, you take this one tablet... I know you're getting on up in years. You take this tablet and you will be indestructible. You'll live forever. The question is, would they buy it? Well, that's the whole deal. Even if it was very expensive. Only if it was if late you at you touted it as this makes you indestructible. You you put that in with not having slept in 14 hours laying on the couch? Yeah, I think they'd buy it. I do too. Look, 23 is an indestructible business card. Same concept. Developed in Japan. These cards are waterproof, tearproof, and you can even store them in a full glass of water. <laughs> I love the taglines. <laughs> You have to remember, they didn't get me because somebody gave it to me. But I have a belt on uh -oh. that is guaranteed for 90 years. Well, that's not imperishable, though, Bill. That's 90 years. 90 years is all well, you can get look, out of it. There's 20, 21 on the list. Look, there's a suit, like a three-piece man suit, that is bulletproof. 
and they have the caption beside it. We have a guy holding a gun. They have a suit wrapped around a mannequin at a shooting range, and he's just blowing bullets, and they're not bouncing off, but they're sticking in the suit. Then they show pictures of that. Like something straight out of a James Bond movie, an estimated $20,000 for this suit. That's all it cost. The, the, uh, what, I'm not, I won't do the name brand here, but the armored business suit is able to protect its wearer from a gun assault by using the same carbon nanotubes designed for the U.S. troops' uniforms. So there you go. <laughs> they, uh, Polo actually has a, a shirt on down the list. It's just a like a golf shirt, and it costs, let me find that, because the price of that was incredible. Uh, I think it was $3,400. Yeah, just a shoot. And it's just a blue shirt. The Cala, let's see, Caballero Polo shirt, $3,475. Ooh. And you say, why? It's, it's actually number seven on the list here. It is touted to be better than Kevlar. This shirt offers you bulletproof protection for a reasonable price of $3,475. You can go play golf in this shirt, Phil. So we have the usual suspect. There's a lock on here that's indestructible, which I thought was interesting because I find a lot of locks when I'm metal detecting, and it's always, I always chuckle because I think, here's a lock that's 200 years old, and that's all that's left. Not the contents of whatever it was protecting. Just the lock, hmm. which is kind of kind of funny. Uh, there's an indestructible umbrella. Supposedly Man, used by personal security guards of the president in the Philippines, this unbreakable, indestructible umbrella has multiple creative uses. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's like the remember the penguin on the old Batman show? He could shoot out of his. His was a gun. So there's an indestructible pen. Uh, created by some cybernetic research, it's known for being the most reliable and durable pen on the planet. It even lets users write while they're underwater. Hmm. I know water's a lot. In I a told lot of you these. about the house. I, I think this was a fascinating one because there's a website about this bridge in your your stomping grounds, Zach, in Durham, North Carolina. It it's a low bridge, but. It, the website documents all the trucks that get their tops ripped off by this absurdly low bridge, but it's been deemed the world's unofficial toughest indestructible bridge <laughs> because of the carnage. And there's actually a picture of a truck just because somebody put a camera up there because they said, well, let's document this. And that's thus they. So they keep trying to. The website drive. is a stationary camera that focuses on the bridge. <laughs> and about every day or two, an 18 wheeler comes by and just gets ripped in half. <laughs> the bridge is, is still there. The bridge is still I, there. I like that. It'll just, just leave it and set a camera. That's <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> I thought this was so funny. Let's take a break. So there's a helmet. Because uh, if you protect your head, then they have, look, a hard drive. There's a phone that's deemed indestructible. We have the shirts. Uh, we have, now this is interesting. I just got a couple more because I know this is getting long. But I just think it's comical. There's an indestructible glass pipe. You know these pipes that people smoke out of? And 
I'm sure it's nothing that's illegal, but whatever they smoke in these glass pipes, they have one that's called magic glass water pipe. You can use it to hammer a nail without breaking the glass. It's actually number six on the list. Uh, Then you have number four is an indestructible toilet seat. Oh, boy. (laughs) So and so, yeah, they recently unveiled this indestructible toilet seat marvel. It's a marvel. It does not discolor, resists stains, and is made of virtually indestructible and indestructible one piece construction now look and for a uh what do you call it amenity with it is you because they have toilet paper that's called eternal i think Charmin has that the internal roll which lasts a month by the way so you had that with the indestructible toilet seat eternal toilet paper with indestructible seat yeah for those that enjoy their Bathroom tab. Okay. And so we get all the way to number one, which I thought is funny. So on the list, number one is a pair of sunglasses. Because <laughs> oh, I thought as many sunglasses I've lost, broken. Jace, it's only one problem with with the people that are you're quoting, they're yeah. thinking. What is it? Without problem? Jesus, you're not indestructible. <laughs> they just it's denial, which was gonna be what I was gonna say. Let me read the tagline about sunglasses. You can bend them, sit on them, kick them, and even run over them in a fire truck. <laughs> which, but they'll still work. Which I find myself in a fire truck so often. You want to you wanna, uh, be indestructible? There's a way. So I looked up, Jace, when you were reading your list. There's been one movie called Indestructible. Was it about Jesus? It was not. And it was actually a documentary from 2007. And it was an actor who made it. He found out he had ALS. So he made a movie about going through the process of ALS, which is a, you know, it's a terminal disease. It shuts down all your muscles. And we've known some people. So, I mean, ironically, I hadn't read, watched the movie. Maybe some of our audience has, but he died less than a year after the movie. Of course, yeah. proving the point. Well, that was going to be my not point. Look, I mean, I did this kind of for fun, but when you think about the pain in life and diseases and all the heartache and all this panic over the coronavirus, that's why when you brought that up, I was thinking, perfect, because we hadn't collaborated. But I was going to be serious at the end, because I like, we have a historical document with, with evidence that you can go back thousands of years, put together, where the creator of the universe worked out this plan to bring about an indestructible being to the planet that we could actually relate to. That's right. Yeah. That you could not be fearful about contacting some disease or all the pain that happens in life. And when you look at how shallow the world is, you say, what do they have to offer? They took a few products. None of those things that I read are truly indestructible. Just give it time. None of those things were indestructible. Right. They're trying to sell something for obscene amounts of money. And here we have a real, and, and as we're looking at the details in Hebrews, very carefully constructed scheme of redemption. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the people where it came to first, the Jewish nation, were having trouble because they were still 
wanting to hold on to the structure structure and the history and, and being just God's chosen people and missing what was truly revealed, which which is an indestructible life that visited our planet. Do not be afraid of those who killed the body because the person who killed the body said, I'm, we're done with him. But cannot kill the soul. So even though the ones that come up and said, we, we got rid of him, <clears throat> like they did to Jesus. Say, whoops, and they didn't. Whoops. Nope. Not, <laughs> not this time. Well, here's, here's. Don't worry about the ones that kill the body. Worry about the one to get the body and soul. Here, here's That's, the way the Hebrew writer would describe it, starting in verse 23. Now, there have been many of those priests. What's he talking about? The destructible priests. These are yep. people that that die. They die. There have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. So he makes yep. the point. They are destructible. But because, verse 24, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save eternally or completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them meaning that he always lives, which is the key, right? Such a high priest meets our need. And here was the point you made a minute ago, Jay, is one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all, when he offered himself for the law appoints as high priest men who are weak, but the oath, there's that word, which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever. Wow. <laughs> now it was worth all the details and figuring out the Levitical priesthood and who, you know, who's this Melchizedek? And cause I know when I was, even when we went to school, I was thinking, well, what, what does this all mean? It's a bog. It, it, yeah, it doesn't seem practical, and I'm like, but then all of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute here. His resume, and God worked this plan to bring bring someone who meets our need. That Number one, that's just quite a statement. There's a lot of needs on planet Earth when it comes to human beings. And he's holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners and exalted above the heavens. And oh, by the way, he lives forever. He's in this position forever. And he came after me. Yep. And. Hey, hang on, Zach. Yeah, it hang on, Zach. Let's take a break. Go for it. And to Phil's point earlier, when he brought up the uh, passage in Hebrews 12 about a kingdom that um, is indestructible as well. I, I know it's a different word, which I had to go check that when you said that that was the only place in the Bible that term was used. Um, I was was I proven? Check. Was I be, proven to be right? I took someone's I word you for were. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't see the word, the Greek word, anywhere else. And and um, but there is language that, that speaks of indestructible kingdom. Uh, Daniel two, which mm -hmm. we mentioned a few weeks ago, um, the passage that Phil mentioned and. Hebrews 12 about the kingdom itself is indestructible, um, a kingdom that can't be shaken nor destroyed. And so you start to get this idea um, I, I was, everything you're reading about all those funny, 
you know, marketing ploys. But truthfully, you know, you think about the second law of thermodynamics that says that, um, well, one way of saying it is that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. But, but really the second law of thermodynamics is this, that over time things tear up. Yep. I guess the first law is that it can't be created or destroyed. And then the second law is, is entropy, that over time things tear up. I don't including care what it is. this you, planet you get, we're riding on. Yeah, exactly. So which I was thinking about Romans 8, which says that the creation itself, uh, let, me, let me turn there because I'm probably going to butcher that. Something effective that the, the creation itself is is waiting. Well, it um, wants to be liberated from its bondage of decay, the NIV says. Yeah, that's what it is. It, the, it, yep. It's it's uh, to, to be liberated from its bondage to decay, which is, that's it, the second law of thermodynamics, that everything is tearing up. Our bodies are tearing up. Our, you know, our, the, the earth's tearing up. It's, it's wearing out. But God is going to to redeem that one day. And I think that's important when we get into this conversation about the priesthood, particularly under the king priest of Jesus and the order of Melchizedek. The reason why it matters that he's indestructible is because we want to be indestructible and we want to be grafted kind of into that indestructible mm -hmm. kingdom. Therefore, as the, as the Hebrew writer said earlier, in the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain they will all wear out like a garment you'll roll them up like a robe a garment they'll be chained but you remain the same and your years will never end that's why when jay said the power of an indestructible life he's making the point that what you said this thing's going to wear out zach the whole the cosmos it's going yeah, to wear that's out. That's why people are so obsessed with climate change and wearing masks. That's right. And, they said, we'll I, save it. And you know, so you know what they do? They realize, well, we need to get off the planet. So now they're into, well, maybe we can live in Mars. And I mean, the richest yep. people in the world, they're looking into this because they, yep. you say, what, what's their problem? They realize there's some people out there, whether they're believers or not, they realize that we're, we're only here for a short time. That's it. And even while either us or the place we live, it just, it won't last forever. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm reading but even if, even if But even if you get off planet Earth alive, I mean, I think here's the inter interesting thing to me about about that law of thermodynamics I mentioned earlier. We're, talk, we're not talking about just planet Earth. We're talking about the entire physical universe. Yeah. Yep. It, one day. This is this is a fact of science that one day, if things keep going on, eventually every single heat source, every star, every fire, every every candle, every it, it will all burn out, all of it. So yeah. you, I mean, there is a day coming when this universe will not. There will it will be impossible for life to exist anywhere in the universe because the universe. Is wearing out. The thing is, it's it, it's it's it is just like we are. We are groaning with eager expectation. We are you know, we're, we want to be released from this bondage to decay. Nobody likes it. That's why we. That's why you can sell. What was the thing you said earlier, Al? Forever twenty one or yeah, or ageless, the, or, ageless uh, male, ageless man. That's that's <laughs> right. We all have that that yearning and that longing. Yeah. Well, I, that's know? why I love chapter eight and one when he said the point of what we're saying is this, because I just, sometimes you're just like, well, what's your point? 
this statement that he says is so hard to get your head wrapped around because there's a lot of implications of it. But he says, we do have such a high priest. I mean, he had just said this son who has been made perfect forever. So he says, we do have such a high priest who sat down. Where you at? He's an eight. Eight, eight, one, and two. Who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle, set up by the Lord, not by man. Look, there's a place where Jesus is sitting that we're going to go to. Right. But it's a place that's indestructible. It's forever, and it's and the people sitting on it, they're indestructible. And when you think about those those the resume things that we read, what makes this doable from just trying to wrap your head around it is that they're a hundred percent pure, they're a hundred percent holy. There's never going to be a point in time, you know, ten million years from now when we're in this. I mean, I hate to just call it a place in this sphere where Jesus is. It's never going to be like, oh, well, we're going to have to do this again. Or, or we get up there and there's going to be some mischief or, or there's going to be a war break out. Or, no, we're going to become like Jesus, 1 John 3. We're going to be like him. And what, what is he like right now? He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, the safest place imaginable. Right. Keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Well, that's why he talked about Jason. A commercial fisherman without any education, what does he do in saying the heavens will disappear with a roar? That's a commercial fisherman with no thorough education. <laughs> elements will be just elements. Why do you know about that? Peter, Destroyed yeah. in fire and the earth and everything in it to be laid bare. Boy, boy, he's talking about the elements and he's some fisherman on the Sea of Galilee catching fish for a living <laughs> before he ran up on Jesus. That guy's talking some serious stuff here. <laughs> that kind of sounds like you, does it, Dad? Commercial <laughs> fisherman. Tell me about it. I was thinking about when you were talking about that, Jace, about the idea He's of the it. smartest commercial fisherman <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, when you hang with Jesus, that's what happens, right? Well, Jesus yep. makes you smart. I mean, uh, I was trying to think of that uh, text. I think it's Matthew nineteen, um, where the disciples were. Remember, they were like he, he said something about having the twelve thrones and that they would, you know, rule, and he give them, gives them this picture. And I thought it was interesting because the disciples in their short-sightedness before the resurrection started arguing as to where their thrones were going to be. Oh, you know, yeah. who, who gets to be in yeah. throne number one? Yeah. What's funny is to show you that they were collapsing in the same mindset as the Hebrew audience, that when you're in heaven forever with Christ, I mean, even if you're on a footstool, that's probably good enough, right? I mean, where, where your throne is... <laughs> In that, once you've arrived it's there. Like you, we always, as humans, try to apply, just like they did in the commercials for all those indestructible items. We try, I mean, it's like the song about the streets of gold and I got a mansion over the hilltop. I'm like, okay, great. Let me know. I'll come by and visit you on my <laughs> we have way a whole group to doing of, something a lot greater than that. We have a whole group of individuals that say we are going to save the planet, and we don't believe that God's going to take it away, destroy it. Well, we're going to find out who was right. I mean, to me, honestly, I would rather 
you know, go to heaven and and go out into a field that was simulated or whatever. It wouldn't matter. And I find a, you know, a gold coin with Jesus. Yep. And then to walk on a street and go, what am I? We don't need. We don't need that money. Yeah, a, Which, by the way, you know, was say? that was the purpose behind that sort of writing was this thing is so great. All the things you think are so precious in life. I mean, you'll be oh you drive God. on that. So people say, well, <laughs> well what that, about that, Revelation? I mean, the yeah. whole, whole book's about it. I'm like, it's a picture of trying to take the greatest things that we can think of <laughs> saying it's going to be yeah. kind of like that, yeah. but like better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, you mentioned it. I mean, it's it's not the heaven is not heaven because of the streets of gold. No. Heaven is heaven because that's where Christ is. That, Big, that's where the presence of the Lord is. I that's this. the whole thing that he's getting at here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's that, the new that's, tabernacle. It's the it's the real tabernacle. Because I mean, he's what the there, tabernacle... sitting there. He's there. That's where we're gonna be. We're there. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Who cares? Because Don't worry about that. That's I'm exactly. pretty fired up about it. Well, yeah. and and that's the deal because he. That's why he said. You remember earlier he said that's why that anchor is there behind the curtain, because that's where Jesus is. So wherever he is, that's where our hope is. That's where our trust is. That's where everything is. I mean, that's what he says. You know, Jay's, I compare it to the, uh, I call it the, this whole thing you were mentioning about, man, you get into the minutia of law and priesthood and it just kind of makes your brain tired. All of that is, I call it the black velvet concept. You go into a jewelry store, you notice when they got all their jewelry shiny, they always have it on some dark velvet looking material. Yeah. Good point. I like where you're going with this. So, because it actually, look, when I, I'm going to be honest, when I was studying this, I actually called you for the, we've done 500 podcasts or how many have we done? This is number 512. 512. We need a counter every day. <laughs> So I was like, oh, actually, it's five fourteen. Like, have you read chapter seven through nine lately? You, know, you you didn't want to say much. You're just like, yeah. I was like, well, that's. I mean, we this is gonna be hard to you know. It's not gonna be very entertaining. That's what I was thinking. I was trying because I read it and I was like, I, I made it this simple: one shot deal. Jesus, winner take all. Case closed. <laughs> well, I, I told Al. I said I told Al. I said it's like. The the point is, I, I made a statement to you. I, I think I said, uh, you know, we're going back into Jewish history, which in essence, the point was Jesus is better. That was the statement. Yep. And you said, well, that's it. I was like, oh, I know that's it. <laughs> but how are we going to talk an hour about that? It's like, how are we going to get there? Time's up now. I mean, we're <laughs> still running say, them out. We've Come taught on. we've taught two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we but, haven't but even right. in verse in, in verse 23 through 26 27 we we really haven't even un, uh, dissected so was, that yet so. I was like Dave, we don't worry but, but I did what I was going to say was though in looking at all those details and just wading through it uh, you know a few commentaries and seeing how all the shadows where God revealed the fulfillment in Jesus there was something in that process that excited me. Yep. I thought God is you talking about patient and willing to go the extra mile and then the next mile and the next mile to to do what it takes to be appealing to every single human being that's ever been <laughs> and and that ever will be. I mean that's why he did this. He he found out the most appealing scheme to humanity. That's right. 
to reveal himself in Jesus. And he did it because I know that's the, it's the most appealing because that's what God chose to do. You know what you experienced? The black velvet effect. Yeah, that's a great illustration. Though. So, uh, I'll be honest with your your joke. Thumbs down. The black velvet illustration. Thumbs up. That's because my mind is getting better. Uh, thank you, Eleanor. All right, uh, we're gonna move over to overtime, and as Zach rightly said, we'll try to flesh a little more out of that text before we get to chapter eight on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.